Hey everybody. Hi Megan. Hello Michelle. Welcome back guys. Um, we have a special guest with us today and it's not just the ice that's around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Update. Weather update. Still hot in Seattle. Oh good god you guys. I'm not gonna make it. Today we have my good friend Justine here. I met her, what was it, 12 years ago? Maybe a little more? Yeah, it's got to be that because our kids are going to be, well, mine's going to be 12. Right, so, so mm-hmm. we met uh, sort of around the times of um, weddings, first weddings. Yes. And since then, uh, all three of us at this table have exited that first <laughs> marriage. Winning! Yeah, and yes. so that's kind of what we want to talk about today. <laughs> more specifically, what happens when you try it again, right? Right. On the mulligan, what goes on? <laughs> mulligan. I like that. Yeah. Justine here has a wonderful husband. Uh, a second marriage going on, and that's my ultimate goal. I'm sure your third one's going to be just as nice. <laughs> I can't wait to find out. It's yeah. <laughs> what I'm shooting for. Yeah. Is a third, maybe a fourth. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. And as everyone knows, since Michelle and I are both still single, <laughs> ready to mingle, we have not entered second marriage territory, although we have done some sufficient reading on it so that we could ping Justine with lots of questions. Oh, today. yeah. Get ready. Yes. Um, an expert it's, I am not, but I... It's too late to opt out. Yeah, you're stuck here, here now. I signed up for it. Yeah. I said yes. Here I am. Well, and we did do a little bit of reading, of course, because that's what we like to do. But we also have both thought about it in our own lives because we've both had serious relationships since leaving the first marriage. And I don't the think... The what if factor, yeah. Yeah, like you don't have a serious relationship at least I don't, if you don't see some potential or have hope for that going somewhere. Have either of you been in relationships where you thought, I could marry this person? I have, yeah. One of the two significant relationships I've had since divorce, yes. Didn't work out, clearly. Right. (laughs) I mean, you know. I have not dated anybody since my divorce that I thought that I could marry, but I did almost get married once before. Oh, that's right! Ooh, I didn't know this. I always forget about this. Well, I was super young and I didn't know you then. But we were engaged. Our wedding was a few months away. I had a dress. We oh, had a shit. venue. We had a cake. Like we full had on. A photographer. Yeah, we had all the things. How old were you? I think I was 25. College sweetheart. <laughs> High school college sweetheart. We called it before we actually walked down the aisle. It did not happen. There were definitely people who had already like purchased plane tickets to come. Whoops. And we lost a lot of deposits. And I gave my beautiful, expensive wedding dress to somebody for free. What was I supposed to do just keep packing it around till the next guy comes <laughs> just have it hanging somewhere yeah. in view in your apartment could you imagine having a date and just having it hanging out like this is for someday if things go well i bought the dress before i had the man that's right isn't there a movie about that or something yeah probably just or manifesting my reality like, i know <laughs> legit know people like one of my friends who's engaged right now who booked their wedding venues before they were engaged were they in the relationship at least yes okay but they know that there's like a year wait or two year wait Mm -hmm. on this place so they just put their name in and then that's different than doing it while you're single in hopes yeah (laughs) yeah that would be weird very true so, Justine, how old were you um, when you got married the first time? Well, talk about being young. I was 22. I was 22 when I got married and 25 when I had my daughter. Very young. We met when I was 18, like the month after I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So, young, young. And those don't often last, they, I think. They do for some people and yes, they don't yeah. for others. How but long were you married? Seven years. 
Okay. And we were together for 11. So, like, you know, all of my 20s. Yeah. So you really got a lot of that partying out of your system, huh? Um, no, no, no. I (laughs) did that after we got divorced. I I can relate to that. Yes. Michelle knows. She was there with me watching all that go down after I got out of my first marriage. It was... I used to Party say, time. I used to say divorce makes me 23 because yeah. I didn't do 23 when I was 23. So Same. Yeah. I didn't do 23 when I was 23 either. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So how many years were you single between getting divorced and getting married again? Like five. But being in single into like a serious relationship that I knew was going to marriage was about two and a half. And in those two and a half years, I did much, much dating and much, much other things. <laughs> we were very sex positive on this yes, podcast. Yes, I was sex positive during Great. that time yeah, of my yeah. life. I would like to think yes. you still are. Yeah. Oh, um, extremely. Yes. Yeah. So did you have trepidation about getting married again? Yes and no. When my husband and I met each other, he said, I never saw myself as a married person. And I said, well, you know, I've already been married before and I'm not going to do it again. So I never thought, and I was saying that my whole two years, like, I'm never, I'm not doing it again. It's not for me. I tried it. It didn't work out. Right. It's not a thing I feel like I need to do again. Well, that all changed. Mm -hmm. Initially, we decided we're going to be together. This is what we're doing. Your, I let your tortoise is... <laughs> Sorry. Tux the tortoise is trying to join us. nothing I can do about it. It's, it's a t- fucking zoo in this house. Yeah, um, fine. <laughs> so that scratching in the background is not random interference from the no. microphone that is text the tortoise unfortunately nothing we can do about apologies. it apologies <laughs> yeah he just keeps going no matter where i put him so that's fine that's um. not usually a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> what you're looking for most of the time. I liked that sentence. So when we were like, yes, we're going to do this. This is going to be a long haul situation. We were like, we're going to just not get married. And like, maybe we decide to have a kid. Probably we will, but we're not going to get married. Fast forward to we were together for 11 months and we were engaged. He put a ring on my finger. Yeah, he did. When he asked you, were you like, what the fuck? I thought we weren't doing this. <laughs> I kind of had an idea that it was coming, but I certainly didn't have an idea that it was coming in, in that gesture that it did, which is another story. But Oh, it's a great story. Well, then you might as well tell it. So it was my birthday. Yes, it wasn't my it was. birthday birthday, but it was like with a celebration of my birthday. He made reservations at Purple, downtown Seattle, which is like our love favorite Purple. place. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love going there. So he reserved the fancy room upstairs. But I thought... It was just dinner and we were going to a show, but the show we were going to, one of our favorite bands, Sisters, they're local to Seattle. Some people met us at dinner and more people were at the show. And I was like, this is a lot of people for my birthday Mm -hmm. and their spouses and partners. I feel overwhelmed by this. Come to find out their second to last song, Andrew paused and was like, we have someone here who wants to say a special thing to the special lady in his life. And a spotlight went on me and he got down on one knee and proposed to me in front of the whole full packed out venue of, I don't know. 200 people probably Probably. michelle was there yeah we had um some friends of ours who aren't in town um a good friend of justine's who's in abu dhabi yeah and then our other good friend who's in ohio so we like we facetime people and had them there with us digitally hi angie hi angie (laughs) it was awesome Yes. It was really fucking cute. Well, and how do you say no to that? You, right. You don't. And then my parents were up in the balcony and they came like through the crowd and this, it was very. They snuck in. We had to sneak them in. Yes. In my second marriage, I am pretty protective of my relationship. Not that I don't talk about it, but I don't like public anything. Mm-hmm. So this was a very public thing for me. So it was a little like, okay. It was also in the paper the next day. Oh, I forgot there was a about photographer that. there. 
gosh. So it was very like, hello. Wow. The world knows. The world is involved. Famous. We're lucky to book you for this episode. Hardly. Um, but it was wonderful and beautiful. And he calls it one of his greatest accomplishments is surprising me with that. Because I'm really hard to surprise, too. Yeah. yeah. So we got engaged. He did an incredible job. And he also had just a little bit of help. Yes. I'm sure he had to have. <laughs> from all you ladies. He, I mean, he did that. Yes. He's incredible. He is. So Very much I have so. a question. Yes. Sorry to move on from the touchy-feely stuff. It's classic. <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah, not my, she, it's she not my favorite. It. How was the relationship with your current husband and your daughter from your first marriage at the time you got engaged? Like, was it positive? Did they know each other really well at that point? Or Great. They have had a wonderful relationship really since the beginning. There hasn't been a lot of difficulty in that. He is a teacher and has a lot of experience with kids and like developmental and, you know, continuing education and stuff like that. So he kind of just got on her level. And the thing about that too is when I introduced them to each other, we'd been together about three months and I just introduced him as one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not that unusual for my daughter to see me have male friends around because a couple of my closest friends are male and they've been in my life since before she was alive. So it's normal for her to see that. So it wouldn't be like, who's this dude mommy's hanging out with? Right. It's mommy's friend, quote unquote. So then at some point, did you just say like, oh, remember Isaac? We're dating. Yeah, I was basically like, hey, so, you know, Isaac, we've kind of been hanging out with our friends and he's been around. Well, mom and Isaac decided that we were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And she was what, six? Five when they met each other. Okay. Yeah. So he's been in her life for six and a half years now. Right. Yeah. So... Interesting. And she was just like, sounds great. Right. I was reading (laughs) an article that said that kids that are younger tend to be more accepting and can adjust easier to the new step parent coming into their lives. Whereas kids that are like about the age our kids are now Mm -hmm. in like early adolescence struggle quite a bit. And then kids that are older than that do okay as well because they're teenagers and they're more kind of absorbed in what they have going on for themselves personally. So I was just saying to Michelle the other day that the thought of bringing somebody in now at this stage is concerning because I think that they're at such a sensitive age that how do you do that? And we were saying that same thing, like maybe you just bring this person around as a friend and then once they know them as a friend, you say, yeah, we're going to be something more to each other. That's been my approach um, with the two like relationships I've had. Group settings, friend, friend occasions things yeah, like that it, unfortunately we weren't able to do the group setting thing as much although i do think that's probably the best way to to introduce at the beginning at especially least especially at this age right like if i was introducing someone to her now at this age for for sure well, that's right. what i wanted to she ask. would yes. sniff that out big time because you probably right. can mm-hmm. see you know how much more complex she is as a little person now than oh, when yeah. she was five and so her feelings might be I don't know. She might be a little more sensitive to it if it was happening now, you think? Definitely. If it had just been her and I this whole time, I mean, even still, she'll talk about, hey, mom, do you remember when it was just you and me and we lived in the townhouse? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I do. It was, those were really fun times. Mm-hmm. So she remembers before right. he was around. But if it was now at age 11, almost 12, and it had just been the two of us this whole time, definitely she'd be super territorial and that would be a lot harder to do. 
definitely at that younger age made it a lot, lot easier, but I would still come at it from an approach of this is my friend mm-hmm. yeah. and build up to boyfriend. Yeah. It probably helped that he wasn't bringing his own kids into the equation as well, because yes. it supposedly takes two to four years for a step family to adjust to living together. And when you blend a family with kids from both sides, there's issues mm-hmm. of like loyalties and schedules and there's just uh, so many complications and baggage you didn't have the first time around when it was just the two of you in this new love, right? Mm -hmm, Absolutely, for sure. What was that quote about getting married a second time? This is some (laughs) depressing shit, guys. Sorry. This is... Can't um, wait. Kate Chapman wrote this for an article on Scary Mommy, and it says, First families enjoy wild, unabashed cultural support. Wedding and baby showers abound, and social media feeds explode with pictures of new couples, new life. Second families are born of brokenness, tinged with failure, and that mutes celebrations. I have such a problem with the term broken home. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just, it bothers me. People don't really say it very much. Like, what do you guys think people mean when they say broken home? Is it simply the parents are divorced? Because I think of it as more. I think of it as like... Maybe abusive or... Right, like an unhealthy environment in so many different ways other than just your mom and dad split up. I think of it that way as well, but I don't think that's what it means or certainly not what it meant when it started as a phrase. What do you think? For sure. Yeah, I interpret it as it's a broken home because your parents broke up. Right. And now you're broken because your parents broke up and now you're a broken ass kid. (laughs) There's something wrong with you. Yeah, and there's something wrong with with you. Yeah. Well, and they used to like, back in the day, I'm talking like the 50s and such when divorce wasn't as common as is today. It was a term they used for kids who literally came from a household where their parents are no longer together. Right. Such and such comes from a broken home Mm. and made it an excuse for their behaviors or lack of attention in school or because apparently if you are divorced, you can't successfully parent a child. I mean, probably living at home with two parents who are always screaming at each other is a lot better. Right. For sure. Yeah. My parents hate each other. That's better for my development. Great. For your family's image? What? <laughs> uh, well, that's probably a big part of why people stay together. <laughs> yes, it's a huge reason well, why people stay together. Yeah. So statistically, though, in case you didn't know, the divorce rate for second marriages is actually higher compared to the divorce rate for first marriage. So first mm-hmm. marriages is around 50%. Second marriages is around 60%. And I wonder if that has something to do with all that compromise, especially when there's multiple kids being blended yeah. together. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably several reasons but you know blending families and everything that comes along with that everybody's already got their you know carpools and soccer schedules and whatever the hell you're doing (laughs) co-parenting schedules right people might feel threatened by a new step parent like the ex might feel threatened or Mm -hmm. whatever or you're not quite over your shit from your last relationship and you're packing some patterns and triggers and issues along with you Absolutely. Right? That you then, like, assign to this new person, even though they might not have done anything. Mm-hmm. The comparison game. Right. Bringing in all that baggage. Right. Gloom and doom. Gloom and doom. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So, <laughs> gloom and doom. Yeah. But the honeymoon phase is totally cut short because you just have to go right back into life being a parent, doing all the shit that you normally do. You don't get to have that fresh, new, single See, time together, that, right? That's mm-hmm. why it kind of surprises me a little that the divorce rate for second marriages is higher because it's sort of like what we were saying in our last episode about having kids 
mm-hmm. where the second time around you're not as like celebratory because you know what you're getting into like you know how hard it is right. you know there's going to be challenges like I would think that if you were willing to do it again you would be fully apprised of what you're getting yourself into unless there's like mm. a blended family situation that is new to you but most people know how hard marriage is especially if they've gone through a divorce and even going through the divorce too is painful and a long difficult process so yeah. to be willing to sign up for that again is something <laughs> that I would think you would take really seriously and and I would think that the divorce rate would be lower for second marriages I but I know I think you know I don't want to say how easy it is to get out because divorce is certainly not an easy step to take, though a lot of people will say you took the easy way out. (laughs) Shame, shame, shame. It's it's not an easy It absolutely is not. It's definitely the harder road, especially if there's children involved. But you know, perhaps you can see that you've done it before. Hey, I've done this once. I can do it again. All I got to do is file some paperwork and I'm out of this shit. But from my personal standpoint, I have approached my second marriage so much differently than my first. Also, Mm -hmm. I'm much older and much more mature and definitely see how much actual work it does take Mm -hmm. to make a marriage How are you approaching it different? Like I was saying earlier, I'm pretty protective of our relationship. You're not splashing it all over social media? No, I don't really post about us that much The engagement was like enough to carry you for (laughs) 20 years. Yeah. Of my life, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the beginning of our relationship, I definitely posted because I was proud to be with him, like anyone is who's in a happy, new, healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. But I definitely got more protective as we got more and more serious, I guess. And I don't talk, I definitely don't talk about our relationship on socials anywhere. Mm-hmm. I post about it very rarely, just like our anniversary. Yeah, like wedding photos it. went up. Yeah. Basically is the last thing, right? Yeah. I never even posted all of our wedding photos. Mm-hmm. I posted like a couple. I hold it very close to my heart, and it's a thing I'll only talk to some people about. And and now everyone that listens to yes. this. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And that I feel like that's coming across as, like, I'm trying to hide it or, no. like hold on to it too tightly, but I had interference in my first marriage from other people Mm -hmm. that definitely contributed to the fact that we aren't together today. And that makes me be really careful about who I bring into my circle. My circle is pretty small and tight. It used to be wide and vast, and it's much, much smaller than it used to be. I have so many things I could say about that (laughs) analogy right now. I'm going to just leave it to everyone's imagination. Everybody prefers small and tight. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. How did you how did you get it smaller? Like, was there surgery involved? (laughs) Vaginal rejuvenation? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I heard that's a thing. Right. Okay. Sorry. So sorry. I just couldn't help myself. You're fine. What was the question? Oh, how I... (laughs) Was there surgery? (laughs) I have not had vaginal surgery, but I'm open to it if needed in the future. There you go. Yes. Good. Yeah, so I'm pretty protective of that. Like if Michelle has a question. The other day, you asked me, you're how many years into your relationship with your husband? Do you still have butterflies? Uh, Can we get the answer to that, please? The answer is yes. Okay. That's great. Yes. Just yesterday, I was in the car and he came out of a store or something. I was coming to the car and I caught him walking out. He wasn't looking at me. He was just minding his own business. And I 100% had the butterfly feelings and felt that and just watched him and was like, oh gosh. And he got in the car. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I said to him, six and a half years in, and when I look at you, I still get butterflies. Aww. And he was like, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but the best. definitely it's a thing that's attainable and that you yeah. can have. Oh, don't get me wrong. We have our stuff. And, of course. Because you're fucking real. Exactly. And our communication is really great and healthy. And we talk about our shit all the time. And I'll stop whatever we're doing, and so will he, and be like, hey, I know you had a long day and a long week and a long month, but the way you're talking to me right now is not cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to, like, pause it, maybe step out, mm-hmm. evaluate, evaluate mm-hmm. come back. And I'm not always the best with being called out. I'll fight him back on it for sure. Mm-hmm. But I also am not afraid to say I'm sorry, which I wasn't always the best at previously. It is. It's fucking hard. I try really hard to be super self-reflective and be like, your shit definitely stinks. Mm -hmm. You're not a cakewalk to live with. And (laughs) watch your tone. Yeah. Lady. So. Well, good. That's a much better demonstration for your daughter, I would say, than sticking it out so that she doesn't come from a broken home (laughs) with your first husband. For sure. To go back to what you're talking about as far as their relationship and how easy it was for them, she has a stepmom too that was before Isaac's time. So she had navigated a new relationship. She had navigated the I guess secondary parent figure once before and they had some hurdles going through that because she's female and she's definitely daddy's little girl Mm. so they kind of paved the way I will say and did some of the hard work and by the time I was in a relationship it was much much easier so one thing that you and I have in common that Michelle doesn't is that my ex-husband is also remarried Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of material in what we were reading about how the communication is often or should be handled when you're dealing with an ex and they have a spouse and you have to talk about things like healthcare or child support or anything like that. Do you primarily speak directly to your ex or is there involvement from your husband or his wife? There is involvement from all four of us. We have a very healthy four-parent situation. Everyone is just as active in her life as myself or her biological father are. We have a group text and we primarily communicate through that even if we're talking to just one person we always send our messages transparency through that so everybody is informed and her stepmom is very involved in her life didn't you guys coach her soccer team together (laughs) we did we (laughs) we coached one season of an indoor team together it was fun she's been her soccer coach up until this last year for the gosh the last like five seasons straight Hmm. her stepmom has and i've helped here and there and isaac he was an assistant coach for a couple seasons so it's all hands on deck for her all the time and they have two other kids as well so they're busy busy people but yeah we're all just as involved in her life everybody's running her around to her stuff it's a communal it's kind of interesting for me to hear you say that about the group text I don't think that my ex and his wife have been married as long as your ex and his wife but once they got married there was a request that we start doing everything by group text for the three of us instead of me just reaching out directly to my ex and not just texts like emails or anything like that and I never really understood why 
maybe it is for that transparency maybe it's just simply for scheduling so everybody knows what's going on i mean i will admit that in the beginning sometimes like if there was something we didn't agree on i felt a little bit like it was two against one you know like i wanted mm-hmm. to communicate directly with my ex sometimes i do or he'll even reach out to me individually just because it's convenient and that's what's happening but i try to respect that request to keep it as a group thing maybe the dynamic is just a little different when it's like one couple and then one single versus two and two yeah yeah well we had the same group text when it was me as a single person i definitely felt the same way at times Mm -hmm. um where i felt like two against one ganged up on so how long into your relationship with him before you added him to that group text at what point did he become part of the decision making team on that oh we have probably had our group text just a couple of years oh okay yeah maybe two or three years we've had it and he was added to it immediately but it was still like a bobbing around communication situation up until two or three years ago and we got our shit together and we're like hey this cell phone thing allows for group (laughs) messaging newfangled technology i'll give my ex credit for that he's the one who had the idea yeah or maybe it was his wife who knows well it became a thing and we've used it ever since without any qualm occasionally we'll talk outside of it but pretty rarely well and don't you guys have like quarterly meetings the four of you where you like sit down and actually yes that's awesome we have a child meeting once quarterly child collective meeting with all four of us where we meet somewhere and discuss her upcoming activities her schooling so i have to imagine at those meetings you talk about things that not everyone agrees on all the time right so if there is conflict does it sort of become you and your ex-husband that are the final negotiators or decision makers or would you say all four of you are truly involved in the conflict resolution I will say if there's a conflict, 99% of the time, it's between my ex and myself. But I will also say we rarely have conflict. It's almost always between the two of us. And then our new partners are always the mediators that are like, hey, listen, (laughs) I'm just the step parent and they don't give themselves enough credit in that regard at all. But from the outside looking in, which they're not on the outside, (laughs) it looks to me like you two are having an issue about such and such. They went to mediation school. it's a little ridiculous. (laughs) Here's why. And then we're like, okay, fine. (laughs) Someone to check you. Yes. So final decision makers are definitely myself and my ex, but opinion from the other two is always taken into consideration and largely agreed upon as well. They have a lot of say and a lot of sway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the kids having difficulty adjusting or maybe not if it's handled appropriately, but what about difficulty adjusting to your ex either getting into a serious relationship or getting remarried? I mean, I I know as the other person who's not in that. Yeah, Yeah, like even a boyfriend-girlfriend situation Mm -hmm. can be hard, especially if it's shortly after the divorce. Justine, you said that your ex-husband was remarried before you were. How did you adjust to that situation? Yeah, when they first got engaged, it was a little hard for me, for sure. Because it's definitely the ending of, even though that chapter had already ended, we went through all those same things together. Was any of you being upset because you were worried about the impact it was going to have on your daughter? Not too much because she was pretty well adjusted to our situation by that time and was really close with her now stepmom. Did they invite you to their wedding? No, they did not invite me to their (laughs) wedding. However, I did pick up our daughter from their wedding. Oh, that's right. Yes. 
So I drove out there and I'm like, like, we still have mutual friends and things. So they had friends that were in town for the wedding that came up and we prearranged it. They asked me to come out and get her. I stayed a respectful distance away up the hill a little bit and just said, hey, we're here if they knew what time. Brought her out, but like the friends came out and talked and they were in their like wedding outfit. Her mom came and said hi to me. Oh my gosh. Yes. Was was it fine or was it awkward? (laughs) It was a weird feeling. I probably am not remembering that it affected me a little bit after the fact. Because time. Because passed. time yeah, has passed. Time. But yeah, it's that's not a normal thing or how you think your life is going to end up. Like, I, we didn't get married <laughs> saying, oh gosh, can't wait to, to pick, pick up <laughs> our daughter from your wedding writing right it's gonna be awesome i think they did say that no, oh, no i feel like it's weird for other people more than it's weird for us and we pick well, up on their every day yes it's mm. our life it's normal i'm totally happy for them and they have a great life and a great relationship and it's all good for our daughter so i was completely happy for them getting married it was what i would have wanted out of that relationship for sure Once especially you adjusted yes after the engagement mm-hmm. is for sure especially for our daughter i wouldn't have ever wanted anything but that no one knows how to navigate that no well i mean i could share my experience so my ex and his wife didn't have like a big traditional wedding they did something small very limited number of people so it wasn't a question of being invited or anything but I do remember having a period of time after they got married and everyone was you know celebrating them as you do when someone gets married everyone was really happy for them and then my girls would have time with them and they were like one new little happy family and I Mm -hmm. felt very pushed out because before I was a single mom he was a single dad we had these two kids we were doing the best we could to like compromise and I did a lot of work and then they got married and suddenly it was like everyone was so happy for their cute little family and I Mm -hmm. was like but wait what about me so we still celebrate holidays and birthdays together we always have since we got divorced even if we had like different partners during that time because we feel like it's better for the kids And we figured we can, you know, get along and enjoy the day. There's usually alcohol. Um, (laughs) Just to give our kids that experience so they don't have to be like Christmas with mom, Christmas with dad, birthday with mom, birthday with dad, that kind of thing. But one year when it was their turn to host Christmas... I just remember sleeping on their couch on Christmas Eve and just being like, okay, this is not exactly how I thought things were going to end up. When we split up, I sort of thought that I would be the one who would get remarried first and sort of go down that more traditional path. I never expected nine years later for him to be remarried, me still be single, And me be sleeping on him and his wife's couch on Christmas (laughs) Eve. And so I sort of felt like an accessory, you know, to the the perfect family and the perfect life. And of course, it's not perfect, but just, you know, on social media or whatever, how people see them and view the situation. It's like, but hi, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. I still did a lot of the work. I'm still valuable and relevant, but it just feels weird. Definitely. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a marriage, though, right? I mean, you've had a long-term girlfriend for your ex in the picture before that's... Yes. Made you feel some kind of way? Well, and she didn't at, at all. And and frankly, he didn't either. It was just this, the, like, the idea of, you know, lift me out, put her in mm-hmm. this unit 
continues. You're and like it a, wasn't you're like a Lego family. <laughs> like, right. Yes. You get pulled out, she gets popped totally. in. Totally. And yep. it wasn't even like that at mm. all. It was entirely in my head. My kids loved her. She Well, you loved can them. logically and, tell yourself right. that it's not a it, certain way, but emotionally you're going to feel it was a just, certain way. Yeah, it was the first foray into that scenario. And so I think all of those firsts are harder than the next time, right? Absolutely. It felt shitty for like a day. And then I sort of talked myself down and I was like, okay, this is not actually what's happening at all. Yes. But it's nice that we have each other. We can talk to about that kind of stuff too, because... I called you crying and I was like, is this normal? What's happening? And I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) Let me tell you about all the times I felt like shit. Well, and, and you know, for the record, I did that emotional outburst, had my cry, talked to you and then went on a date. So, you know. (laughs) Right. You don't always know if or when stuff is going to hit you. There's been times where I'm like, I don't understand why this is affecting me so much. Right. And it could be anything that's going on in your life or your hormones or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's usually a lot more layered than just the thing. Absolutely. And like you were saying, they're not making you feel that way. No, not at all. At all. And that's how I felt too. No one was intending on hurting my feelings or making anybody feel, quote, replaced or any of that. It's how you are making yourself feel. Right. Based on this narrative you're creating in your own head. Because it's not even that they're not intending to. It's that literally they're not doing anything. There's no action to have an intention. I'm just making up a story and making myself feel bad yes which is so stupid but you do you (laughs) have to recognize those feelings Mm -hmm. and work through them absolutely because you know Uh, otherwise that's gonna bottle up yep therapy is the way to go in addition to calling your friends yeah and i didn't even have therapy at that point i just had you guys which was really handy thank you (laughs) yeah you're welcome yeah Mm -hmm. Saved myself so much money. Yeah, you're welcome. You just got, like, some of my therapy that I had been through. Like, well, my therapist, so... Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, you know, I, I learn by example mm-hmm. sometimes. For sure. Hold on, I have a Bumble message. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, I have a Bumble message. But I just above need to... all, we oh, date. Um, Real quick. it aloud on the air. It's <laughs> not actually a message. It's just stupid Bumble sending me a notification saying, come back to us. Have you not opened the app in no, a while? I was just there this morning. Relax, Bumble. Bumble wasn't it's a, a thing in my single days. Bumble. There was no Bumble. There was no Bumble. Mm-mm. No. There was Tinder. Tinder was, I think, the only swiping app at the so time. how did you and your husband meet then? We met through mutual friends. He used to be in a band that played with another band that my best friend is still in. They played a show together. And then the people from those bands became friends. And therefore, I became friends with some of those people. But we were in the same place in the same time, a minimum of five times that we're aware of, where we don't remember ever seeing each other and were never introduced. Like, it goes so far that he's in the background of one of my pictures with two of my very best friends. And I found it after we were together. And I'm like, that is your head. Creepy. And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was this show. Clearly, you were there, too. There's oh, another yes, one. It's like I've actually been stalking you for three years. So <laughs> we... I knew it. I live in Everett. And they used to do this little... Um, Wednesday music in the park kind of thing. Our mutual friend Tammy was with me, actually, and she said, I don't know about that. I have a feeling about that guy. And I was like, eh, we'll see. We just argued, so probably not. (laughs) I mean, isn't that how you show your best love? Yes, for sure. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I remember you saying something to me at one point about really hashing out old relationships 
with each other, really yes. talking through that stuff. Mm-hmm. That is my dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to have all those conversations with whoever I might be with and like know all the things and know what you learned from it. Did you feel like that was instrumental to where you guys are now? Absolutely. What do you mean like triggers from old relationship issues? That and down to he'll talk about some weird argument he had with an ex before and I'll touch on old ones we've had. Definitely we talk about triggers a lot. Um, This triggers me for this reason. Or when you say that word, it makes me think of this particular scenario that happened when I was 24, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. we all hang on to that kind of stuff. Well, and trying to recognize that it's not that person who's attached to that memory, but it's yes. hard to break those patterns, right? Yes. We talk about stuff all the time. I mean, it's kind of hard to find a guy, I think, that wants to talk that much I'm holding about out. <laughs> prior relationships. I'm holding out. They exist. <laughs> they do exist. He's very, very open about that. Yeah. Kind of stuff, and he will talk about his old relationships without batting an eye. It was is he not a thing. Before? Never married before, but close to being engaged. Okay. And he was sad. Thank God somebody man. else didn't get your amazing engagement. Right. Sounds like he only has one of those in him. So. Um, we call his ex Trash Can Leanne. <gasps> oh and no! He'll love that I just said that. Are you serious? <laughs> Amazing. Um, our daughter even like she knows oh. about her too, and she'll oh, be like, no. "Yeah, trash can Leanne. Oh, I hate her." <laughs> Why is she trash can Leanne? Um, that's just a nickname I gave her because she's kind of a trash person, and oh, okay. I don't know her at all. I've never met her. I only know from stories. She could be delightful, but. I only know one side of the story, and I've nicknamed her Trash Can Leanne. Is she a garbage person? She's, she's just not a good... She just didn't handle exiting their, that relationship um, well at all. She treated it like trash. Okay. Good. So well, Trash Can Leanne. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's kind of like the whole Karen thing. Everyone probably knows a Trash Can Leanne in their life. What was your question, though? You guys talking about your old relationships. I mean, we've talked from beginning to end. It's still to this day. We've been together for a while, and he'll tell stories from within relationships. We talk about it all the time. We just had a lengthy conversation yesterday about my previous marriage and how I'm grateful for it and what I learned from it. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but how I wouldn't be the person I am today without having gone through all that. Totally. Well, and you wouldn't have your daughter. Wouldn't. Absolutely. I have no regrets about anything that I've done or experienced in my life, and I especially don't have any regrets with that. If I could go back, I'd do it again. I learned a whole lot about myself, who I wanted to be, mm-hmm. who I wanted to become, what I didn't want from that relationship. That's really inspiring to me because I that's what I want. I can't see myself in a relationship where the person is not willing to have those conversations. And and I don't want to just constantly talk about the past. It's not like that. I just right. I just really want to know that someone is real and like where they've been and what they've done and how they've grown from it. Like, are you somebody who takes those experiences and sees the loss of those, I guess, as an opportunity for growth? Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Well, That's and a big if deal. you have gone through all of that, it's not for nothing, right? I mean, totally. you have all that experience that you're able to draw from to understand what your triggers are and what your where your boundaries are for certain things. And I have to imagine it can only make the relationship more successful if you share those things. So Mm -hmm. hopefully there's growth and change that comes out of you when you go through a divorce process. And then there's much more 
growth and change that comes from you being a single person and spending time with your own thoughts and your own self and getting comfortable with what that's what I have found the lies you tell yourself in your brain. (laughs) I feel attacked right now. Stop calling me out. (laughs) You didn't even like being home alone when you first singled up. Same. No, it was so hard. I kept myself so, so, so So busy. busy. I mean, and I look back on that life now and I'm like, that's exhausting. Oh, Mm -hmm. God, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Not sustainable. I mean, props to you for making yourself spend time by yourself because that's a big... It took a while. Yeah, it's a big thing, though. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. And not that you should do it all the time, but the more comfortable you get with it, the better Mm -hmm. off you're going to be in the long run. For sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I definitely, like, I would come home and it was just silent Mm-hmm. And there was one day in particular that I came home, and for some reason that day at my office, we hadn't had music playing all day. And normally, like, I just turn on Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason that day, I hadn't. And so it was basically silent all day at work. And then I came home, and the kids were there because my son's bus had dropped him off there or something. And then my ex left with them, and it was, like, just silence. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, sitting at my dining room table looking at my phone and could feel this kind of like panic attack coming like I just had this huge anxiety feeling and a friend of mine texted me and she's like do you want to go for a walk and I was like I have no idea like I just responded I was like I don't know what to do right now she's like get out of your house come here it's okay like Mm -hmm. just come walk with me and then because I was in the I need to make myself sit in this discomfort phase but that day I definitely needed to go be with her like it really helped Mm -hmm. thanks Tasha and then I came home after that and I was like okay I had settled a little bit but it's hard when you don't know what you might need at any given moment you know that you need to be working on this thing but like be kind to yourself in this moment because right now is not the time kind of it was just hard well and if you're fresh out of a split like that then it's sort of like a oh shit moment a little bit because Mm -hmm. it's like okay well this is it well and i just what are you gonna do yeah i wasn't gonna be i wasn't used to the kids not being there it was like right after he actually moved out Mm -hmm. and then we were splitting time so i just wasn't used to the house being silent like i said before you never know how and when things are going to hit you totally can come out of nowhere which is very inconvenient isn't it yes it's quite annoying i'd like to plan my breakdown i'd like to have them scheduled (laughs) yes please then i know what to do with myself and like who to have around me sorry i can't hang out tomorrow i have a breakdown (laughs) planned can we figure that out you can make billions of dollars if you can figure that shit out well that's a real reset it's a new moon that's a reset day for me You know, given that you're the expert at this table, Justine, at least of the three of us on, you know, successful second marriage, what would be your tips for how to do it, you know, quote, right this time around? I definitely think that for us anyway, it really, really helped that we were friends first. Mm -hmm. Because what I didn't really touch on is the fact that we were introduced to each other, but we didn't start dating each other right away. We hung out frequently in mutual friend settings Mm -hmm. and got to experience each other as friends first and see what person we really are while interacting with mutual people that we love and care about. It's a huge deal and probably never would have dated if it wasn't for the people in those groups that were pushing us together. So for sure that helped. We got to really kind of like watch each other and investigate each other. But then as soon as we started dating, it was right away. 
intense. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're hooked on each other right away. You guys are lucky in that you have time with just the two of you. Correct. I think that's huge. And I think with some families, you know, if you both have kids from previous scenarios or whatever, you just might not get that much time. So I think it would be really important to create that time and space for you two to have a relationship. Yeah, we decided for a few different reasons not to have any more children. Mm -hmm. So when our daughter is at her other home, it is just the two of us. Right. So we get... That's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> we get lots and lots and lots of time to work at and nurture our relationship. That's and we awesome. get lots of date nights. That's not something that we necessarily planned because we kind of did a 180 from our original stance we took when we were first dating. But it is very important for me, for sure, to mm-hmm. have a lot of attention from my significant other. I kind of require it. I, I feel that. Yes. Yeah, and I, I feel that deeply. I can get pretty needy if I'm not getting my, like, quota of attention. Yeah, yeah if you're going to be in a second marriage and you're there's kids all the time, you got to carve out the time. Right. I mean, everybody says it, even in your first marriage or you're just your well, boyfriend. Right. If you're not making time for each other, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, and like I said before, in that first marriage, for the most part, those people have the time, just the two of them, because most often they don't have kids yet. And so they, they get all that time they can put in that like build that foundation travel right you know dream about the future right yeah whereas when you're you know a single parent already and then you meet somebody else who maybe they're also a single parent maybe not but there's going to be restrictions on like where you can live what you can drive you know how much money you can spend that's you know disposable income Yeah, a lot of the choices are kind of made for you you know your Mm -hmm. schedule might be what it is and so you don't have as much freedom and so (sighs) It, yeah. it sounds like it is important Daunting. to, you know, schedule it if you don't have it because... Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. When, under normal times, when we've got sports and activities and all kinds of things for her happening every single weekend, we're at all of them. We don't not go because it's right. not our weekend. So we stay busy with her stuff and her life, mm-hmm. even when it's not our weekends. I mean, still, we get so much time together. Yeah. This has been my life for so long that I forget that this is not the typical second marriage. Yeah, you guys are really good at it. Yeah, it's a 50-50 split with our daughter, so we yeah. get a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. And the whole scenario of other kids and blending families is not... Not an issue. Right. That's where I'm at right now, the 50-50, which I, I kind of felt guilty about liking at first. <laughs> I felt like I shouldn't be okay with the fact that they were with their dad and like I had time to myself and then I was like wait a minute I fucking deserve this this is great right and I really enjoy it and it's good for them to have that time with both of us too that's exactly what I was just gonna say people find it surprising even still that we have the 50-50 it's completely 50-50 split it's Uh, it's not actually that common it's not that common but I never thought about it being any other way when we made the decision to split up it wasn't ever gonna be a fight like I want her 75 you get 25 right we were like, we're doing 50-50 split, and then we never wavered on that, and it's been just fine the whole time. But people definitely find it surprising. They're like, he doesn't just have her every other weekend? And I'm like, well, no, that's not enough time. They Mm -hmm. need to be together as much as we need to be together. And at that time, too, they were incredible. They're still incredibly close, but they're much, much closer, and she would have had a really, really hard time with that as well. Well, she was a daddy's girl, and he didn't have other kids yet, so he had all that time for her. For sure. Yeah. it's some of their most favorite memories together too so yeah no I would never have taken any more time from him yeah 
One of the things that I read about was saying like a tip for success was to discuss your roles and expectations of each other, which for me felt a little bit binary almost like because that's something that evolves over time too. Yes. As you get more comfortable and figure out your life and settle in. But I guess that's more for parenting than anything else. Well, this kind of goes back to what you were saying before about triggers and things from prior relationships, because some of that arguing, too, can be about division of labor in the household and who's doing what. And um, I think there's value in that kind of stuff. If something that wasn't being taken care of by your spouse in your first marriage was infuriating to you, that's going to be a trigger if it repeats itself. Yeah, that's true. So So. did you guys like talk through those things or did it just sort of organically fall into place? So he moved in and we had only been together about six months when he moved in. That's right. It was quick. It was quick. Yeah. So he met our daughter at three months and then he moved in by six months and then we were engaged Mm -hmm. by 11 months and then we were married about two years after that. He moved into our place or my place. And I definitely struggled with him being all up in my grill. In your space. Mm -hmm. Because I was running my household, my way. I had it down. I had a particular time of day that I did things. I had a particular way that I did things. And I did not do well with him messing up my flow. Mm. He didn't necessarily agree with how in the evenings I raced around and got a bunch of stuff done before I would allow myself to sit down and enjoy myself. So that was definitely a struggle for us. We had a rough time. Of course, we were overjoyed and so glad that he was there with us. And it was our little family, if you will. Yeah, but actually integrating... But I struggled with having him there messing up, quote, my space. Right. It's not like he came with a whole lot of stuff, but his stuff was more stuff. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had a hard time with it, for sure. He still talks about that time and how that was probably the hardest time in our relationship when he first moved in. I can't even really imagine somebody else being in my space like that all the time now. Like, (sighs) I've, I mean, you've got longer on this than I do the years on your own. I just yeah. like the idea of someone coming in and bringing more things and my house already has too much shit in it already. Exactly. Yeah, that's a big deal. I think that's going to be really hard to navigate someday. I don't mm-hmm. even think about the physical stuff. Oh, I think about the more. emotional <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Like for me, having been divorced for about nine years now and being on my own that long with the kids, I stress about bringing somebody else in when we're sort of in this very long established routine. Everything on a day-to-day is typically pretty great great and messing up that like chemistry and that dynamic that we have in the household I worry that it could ruin it I guess because this is a stress I have about getting remarried again Mm -hmm. sometimes and I'm not saying it's reasonable but I'll think to myself like what if I get remarried you know and then there's what like a 40% chance that that's going to work out and then you know five years later we get divorced and I think back to this time and I think well everything was great and we were happy and things were good like why did I go mess it up by getting married again and trying to do this again and that's just fear talking but it does stress (laughs) me out to think about somebody else like in the house like being another presence and just messing up the dynamic that we just planned your second divorce by the way yeah well okay so don't do that (laughs) don't speak it into existence yeah 
But also there's an actual real dynamic of feeling torn and that you're trying to please two Mm -hmm. different people in your life that have much different needs that you love equally. You know, your kid, you're always going to love more, but of course, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, husband. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I had times like that in the beginning where every once in a while I'll be like, oh, what have I done in my life? (laughs) But I will give Isaac all the credit and say he is a master at handling my emotions. He already knows how I feel about something before Mm -hmm. I can put words to how I feel about something and is waiting for me to be like, okay, Mm -hmm. here's why I've been acting like a total bitch. And he's like, (laughs) I know. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. For sure. He's really good for you. No question. 100%. No arguments there. Growth and change. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about... Not that he's made me a different person at all. I'm still who I am and I still am a very independent woman and I do whatever I want when I want. But my emotional intelligence has grown immensely being in a relationship with someone who is, he just is an intellectual. He's wicked smart and Mm -hmm. is very intuitive and very in touch with how I'm feeling, how our daughter is feeling, the energy in the room, being able to decipher it. And he's incredibly compassionate. Yes. The most compassionate. Mm -hmm. The most forgiving, way more forgiving than I am. I will hold a grudge forever yep. till I die. Literally. literally. <laughs> Not against him so much, but I will be salty for a much, much longer. And for him, I just have to apologize, and he's pretty much over it. And I don't deserve it, but Aww, I have you do. There you do. Thank yes, you. you do. Thank you, thank you. He's a very excellent man. He is. And I looked out big time. Does he have any friends? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we got all kinds of friends. Do they live in Seattle? Because I don't want to drive to Everett. Um, In case you didn't know, Michelle does not commute to date. I've heard that you don't commute to date, but then you you? keep commuting to date. Shut up. So you're full of shit. (laughs) Damn. Because you do commute to date. Because I actually am very limited in my options within three miles of my home, as it turns out. It's true. But if you happen to know anyone within three miles of her home that is single and gorgeous and successful and understanding, then she'd certainly be willing to give him a try. Um, I, yes. I have a brother, but he's a little young for you. He is a he's little like young 26. for me. I really love your brother. He's great, but sorry, dude. Like I Again, can't. if their age starts with a two, <laughs> I'm out. We're not interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I've heard that on yeah. this podcast before, yeah. too. Yeah. I think it's fair, given that our age starts with fours. So That's true. Yeah. I mean, mine doesn't, but... Well, no, no, but like yeah. you're married, so you don't have to think about it. <laughs> That's true. Hey, so I forgot I wanted to ask you a question about your daughter and your husband's relationship. Is there anything that you think she would be comfortable talking to her dad about that she would not be comfortable talking to your husband about? Um, no, I don't think so. I think she would talk to either of them about important or touchy things. She feels very comfortable going to her stepdad or her stepmom for any touchy, important, emotional needs. She'll go to um, Isaac to talk about me and how I'm bothering her. (laughs) And they'll talk about my... Well, you did just establish that he can read you like a book. So he'll probably be like, oh, well, here's what's actually going on with your mom Uh right now. I mean, he's definitely like the mediator between the two of us. Now that she's coming into her preteen years and we're having like little arguments here and there, she'll say something to him like, well, mom's pretty grumpy today. 
and he'll be like, well, you know, your tone's not great with her or she's already answered that question 12 times Mm -hmm. and you're not showing respect by listening to the answer. Or we've already told you that story, so we're not sure why you're asking again. And he's very straight up frank with her. And and she listens to that from him. She listens to it big time. He will put her in her place just as much as I will. He's not nervous about her being upset with him that's got to be the teacher in him right yes definitely you know right away he established a relationship with her where they are buddies Mm -hmm. and they're little best friends and he became her friend right away got on her level you know has made her very much a vital part of our family and relationship since the beginning it's not like him and i and then her right it's the three of us Mm -hmm. always has been you're a unit yeah we're a unit all together and so they have a very long established level of respect for each other Honestly, it appeared to come, from my point of view, pretty easy for both of them, but I'm sure it took a lot of work. For her, it was easy, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's ongoing work all the time for the two of them to remain friends and buddies because he gets to be more of a friend with her. Right. But also another parent that she takes seriously. Yes. Who also is in charge of her safety and Mm -hmm. day-to-days and has a say and all of that. Hmm. But they have a wonderful relationship and it's really fun to watch. Could you guys even imagine, I mean, I don't know what it would be like to be a kid and have four parents to (laughs) report into rather than two. She's pretty vocal about how it's tough for her. Yeah. And right now she's in the season of having a tough time with it and being like, you don't know what it's like to have four parents. And she's right. Yeah. So she will actually articulate that and say having four parents is a hard thing to manage yes she will say it straight up to my face mom you don't even know you don't have four parents and i don't true she's correct yeah from what frame of mind is she talking about i think it probably feels like a lot of pressure because we're four parents that are all paying attention and we're all very involved and we're all on her shit about her behavior expectations expectations we're paying attention to her schoolwork everybody is invested in her life mm-hmm. and success as a person. Um, and Which I, is amazing. Yeah, but totally. But I can see where that would feel yeah. like a lot of pressure. To Absolutely, work. for sure. And it's something that we're working on and we're going down some new avenues to try to help her work through all of this. Mm-hmm. Because put it on the agenda for the quarterly meeting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the quarterly. As an adult, she'll look back at this and recognize how lucky she is. Yes, to have that. But I do imagine that. I mean, it's not easy to be a preteen girl, exactly. regardless. Mm-hmm. But that's got to be really tough. Yeah, yeah. Being a preteen girl with two little siblings, but then you mm-hmm. come to your other house and you get all the attention. You run the show. <laughs> you know, it's got to be really difficult. It's, we try to be mindful it's of that. Probably hard at her age, and you know everything that she's going through as she develops as a young adolescent to be shifting her role you know from Mm -hmm. household to household because there's a difference in siblings or schedules or whatever I'm glad that she is able to tell you that it's hard for her because a lot of times I think kids this age just don't say anything when they're struggling with something Mm -hmm. and then maybe it impacts behavior or feelings or whatever in the long run and you don't even know yeah we try really hard or I'll speak for myself I guess I try really really hard to keep the communication with her 
her open. You know, as a parent, you or a mom especially, you can tell when your kiddo and your daughter is struggling with something. Mm-hmm. And I'll do my best to carve out time to be to talk to her about it. But also, we'll just be driving down the road doing whatever, and she will just, hey, mom, I'm going to talk to you about something. Oh, and God, she'll I'm so like, jealous of that. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, not today. <laughs> But we, her and I have a very open relationship and she knows that she can come to me for anything, anytime. And I hope, 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 hope that it stays that way. Mm -hmm. So we are definitely in the new phase of life where she's trying to have more independence, but she's not quite old enough to have that kind of independence that she wants to have and recognizes how much older she is than her siblings and how things should be different for her. And the people around her have this thing and she feels like she should have it too. And mm-hmm. is it a phone? Because that's <laughs> yeah. what's happening in our house right now. <laughs> it's a phone, the big phone debate. Oh, God. Yes. No, too early. <laughs> when she'll come from our house and, you know, They'll be like, why is she acting like a baby? And I'm like, what do you mean? She is a baby. Because she's a baby to me. Well, she's 11, the baby at your house. Yes. 11 yeah. is not that old. Right. But 11 is very old if you compare it to tiny tinies. Her little siblings. S- yes, exactly. So, you know, we all try to kind of be mindful of each other's situations and be respectful of that. It sounds like you're doing a hell of a job. Yeah. We salute you. You're an inspiration, my friend. Golly, thanks, guys. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I know it's you. the first time we've done any of this, so we're just trying to do the best we can by her all the time. You're killing it. I always look to you guys as a bit of a model of like how to adult in that way how to make it fair equitable loving for everyone it's fun to watch thanks it also sounds like a lot of work so no more marriages just (laughs) stick with this one (laughs) you've already put in all the time it is a lot of energy yeah you have to be mindful of other people much more than you might want to be that's for sure well, there's a much bigger cast of characters in, in a second marriage. Absolutely. Right? Because mm-hmm. you, you got all those other people that might be some of your baggage <laughs> along with you. <laughs> you're very flawed, right? Didn't we establish that? What was it? Destined for gloom and doom because second you're families are born of brokenness. Flawed, there it is. Broken person. Tinged with failure. <laughs> we just said to each other when we decided to split, and I said to myself, what's the kind of life I want to have? And if yeah. I'm constantly fighting with someone or making things more difficult for other people... Mm-hmm. It's making it more difficult for myself, too. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be as easy and seamless and kind and delightful as possible. So if I can put myself in somebody else's shoes and make it easier for them Mm -hmm. by bending to something that's pretty simple and doesn't really impact me, maybe I'm just having an ego about it, Mm -hmm. then then I'm going to do that. I have to check my ego a lot, and um, it's not always easy to do, but I've gotten a lot better at it. No, it's really fucking mature. Checking your ego in co-parenting, period, Uh is huge, whether you're married again or not. I Mm -hmm. mean, that is something that is a really great point, because you do have to ask yourself sometimes, is this about me really feeling like my way is the right way, or is it about... Eight billion wanting, other things that wanting, are wanting, yeah, you know that control uh-huh. um, that you uh-huh. made the decision. So. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Well. Okay. Well. <laughs> now that we've done that, <laughs> Jesus. Well, I think we've kind of covered everything we wanted to pick your brain about. Thank you so much for being here, Justine. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Come um, anytime. Good. Great. Not just we to take photos. Would love <laughs> we you to take some photos for us today. Yeah. We would love to have you back sometime. Would love yeah. to. Everyone, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, you can find us online at Prosecco Theory. All over the socials. You can send us an email at cheersatprosecotheory.com. You can subscribe and rate and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. Cheers.